church, church, come on, everybody on your feet as we call upon the Lord and worship. If you're watching online, go ahead and put your hands together.
Jesus, you are our firm foundation this morning. And we know that we can trust and depend on you. Hallelujah. Is anybody glad about that today? Thank you, Jesus. Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand, when everything around me is shaking, I've never been more glad that I put my faith in Jesus, cause he's never let me down. Faithful through generations So why would he fail now? He Oh, no. 
to think about the times when you didn't think that you were going to make it. But the Lord, he was your anchor. When the waves had your ship rocking, he was your anchor and he held you down. This is the part of the song that I like, it says. Rain came, winds blew, my house was built on you. I'm safe with you and I'm gonna make it through. Come on and help me say.
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on and worship him today. Oh, God, you are good. And your mercy endures forever. Thank you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. For your mercy never fails me. All my days, I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God.
to ask you for anything in this moment. But right now we posture our hearts with thanksgiving and we say that you are worthy, that you are holy, that you are good, that you are faithful, that you are love, that you are the banner over us, Lord, that you are salvation. And so right now we just say thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being our father. Thank you for being enthroned, Lord. Thank you for not only being savior, but for being our Lord. Oh God, we thank you that in this moment we can roll the care of whatever we have. And we know we are confident hmm, that before we opened our mouths to pray, you hear us. And while we are speaking, oh God, you are answering us. God, you are faithful, you are holy, you, you are worthy. You Thank are the you. one true living God, and there is none Thank like you. you. We thank you for the revelation of that. We thank you for the grace to walk in that. Yes. We thank you for the opportunity just this day to say Jesus. Thank you. Jesus. 
Jesus, sweet Jesus. Oh, how I love calling that name. Jesus, we love you, Lord. Bless you, Father. It is in your precious name, your everlasting name, your faithful name that we pray and we say amen and amen. 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 You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Amen. I'm going to do my best to get through this. Uh, well, no, we'll stick to the protocol. Um, this morning. No, I'm going to. I'm going to. No. Okay, you're going to veto that. Yes. Amen. I need you to stand up and stretch your hand to your pastor. He has, we are really, really in a good place, but the mantle is increasing. So the weight is increasing. And this has been, um, it has been a heavy week. So we will interrupt the regularly scheduled programming to pray for the man of God. Hallelujah. So Lord, we thank you for our pastor. We thank you for our shepherd. Lord, we thank you for Wilmot Lafayette Harmon Jr. Lord, we thank you that everything you have called him to do, it will come to pass. Bring me some oil. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that everything that you have put in his heart, that it'll come to pass. Lord, and I thank you that you are strengthening him in his spirit, man to carry the weight, that he is well able to do everything you've called him to do. And so now in the name of Jesus, we anoint the manservant in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we speak over him, no weapon formed against him will prosper. And every tongue that rises against him, it shall be condemned. And Lord, he will not be moved by what he sees, but he will be moved by what he believes. Every lying voice, every wicked imp that has come to say it can't be done and how you're going to do it and who do you need. Lord, I thank you that you have prepared a way before him. Lord, I thank you that you would be such a good father to preserve him from a civil war, that you would not bring him to a ruin, that you spared his life for such a time as this. Lord, I thank you that everywhere his foot trod, he would be blessed. That everything he lays his hands to do, it would be blessed. That every word that comes from his mouth, that it will be the wisdom of God from the throne of God through the man of God from God himself Lord that he is nothing in and of himself but because you've laid your hand upon him he is well able to do great exploits in the earth that he is well able to do great exploits and oh Holy Spirit I thank you that you are making intercession right now lift the heaviness oh God same God you will do it again and you'll do that much more we believe it in Jesus name and everybody said amen amen Amen. thank you thank you amen amen praise the Lord thank you baby I got you I know you do I know you do. And I thank God for you. You're well able. Amen. In Jesus' name. And be ye not weary. Amen. And well doing. Amen. For in due season, that same word we speak to over people. 
you are planted in the house of the Lord. Therefore, you must flourish. And not because of my words, but because of the word of God. Amen. Amen. It's got to come to pass because he's got his name on Amen. it. He does. Amen. Amen. Thank you, baby. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Don't you just appreciate Pastor Whitney, man? Glory to God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Take a deep breath. see your husband's down sometimes you just gotta bombard heaven you know what I'm saying I thought that was my sugar hey Ashley hey baby women sometimes when you see your husband anoint the bottom of his shoes lay on his side of the bed anoint his pillow and just you may not know the words but this is what i'll give you today just say lord help him lord help him lord be with him some things you just gotta in in the spirit realm you just gotta take it by force and daughters you're well able so when you see him down don't just cook him a good meal or minister to him sometimes you just gotta bombard you gotta work that thing out in prayer so now we will get back into our regularly scheduled programming. Amen. Yes. But I want you to just like preach so hard that that top button, it just, just yeah. hit the, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, it's about to I, pop off yeah, with all this yeah. right but here. That's okay. That's, that's the glory right there. That's the Amen. glory. That is the overflow of the This fire. is my increase. Yes. My overflow. <laughs> Enlarge our territory. Hallelujah. Yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Amen. Skinny can't keep you warm at night, so we appreciate <laughs> increase. Hallelujah. There is glory in this increase right the here. That is, that's where the anointing resides. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. Well, we just Amen. thank you so much for being Amen. here. We are Pastors Ray and Wendy Harmon at Converge Church. And we are enlarging our own territory. Yes, we are. And so we have 10 families, plus one who is here who didn't make it to the last intro. Amen. And so I don't know what to do, but I just want you to rest because I feel you, you, you don't have your ankles out today. So I know <laughs> the, the anointing is just trapped up in there. So we wanted to, you know, just come wow. on through. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I see a little bit, but yeah. Amen. Yeah, we know. So <laughs> you want me to keep going or are you, you ready? No, I think I'm ready. Okay. I think I'm ready. Amen. One more time for Pastor Wendy. Don't you just love her, man? Incredible. Uh, but just to reiterate what Pastor Wendy just shared, uh, last time we had our Next Steps class, we added 17 families, which was just a couple of months ago. Uh, today we have the awesome privilege of adding 10 more families to this body of believers. Ready, set, here we grow to God be all the glory. Pastor Jesse's going to come, us, uh, come up and assist us. But one of our traditions here is to formally uh, announce all of our new members and introduce them uh, to uh, the church 
congregation so that you see what God is doing here at Convert. So we have 10 families that are going to come up as Pastor Jesse invites them. Okay, we have Cassandra Faulkner. Cassandra Faulkner, come on down. And Dwar Hayes. Dior. All right, Dior. come on down. Why did you come this way? <laughs> Welcome to the family. God bless you. Officer Kirby and Vanessa Luke. Welcome to the family. God bless you. Nina White and Curtis Gretchen. Nina and Curtis. How you doing, Miss Vanessa? Welcome to the family. Bless you. Carlos Ramirez. Right. Is Solomon and Charlotte Ineson? Okay. Carlos. Welcome to Starlet the family. Jacobs. Welcome to the family. Starlet Jacobs. Welcome to the family. And Ina McGee Merrick. Okay. Oh, you guys are over here. Why don't you come on? Come on down. Come on down. All right, you can just go to that end. <laughs> Welcome to the family. Welcome to the family. Welcome to the family. Amen. All right, did I miss anyone? That's all I have on my list. Do we have everyone? Did you say Ina? I don't see Ina. Is yeah. Ina? Is Ina here? She's not here today. I did announce. Okay. Amen. All right. Well, listen, it's our privilege uh, to add these amazing families to our church family. And uh, we know, we know that we are better together because of the gifts and the unique talents and uh, the ideas, the creativity that you will add to what God does here at Converge Church. You know, we were in, uh, did you say Jackie Suarez? Is Jackie here? Jackie's not here. Okay. I wanted to make sure we didn't miss uh, Jackie just in case uh, she was here. And uh, let, let me say that, Pastor. We had Derek and Sylvia Minta and Jackie Suarez who are not here today. Okay, fantastic. All right, excellent, excellent, excellent. Uh, forgive me if I'm a little bit all over the place, but uh, and I'll share a little bit just kind of what's going on, uh, just with me uh, personally. Uh, but uh, man, we we celebrate what God is doing here at Converge as he adds more families, as he adds uh, more individuals to our local church. You know, we're in our Next Steps class, and uh, why don't we, can we get Officer Luke? Let's get Officer Luke. Say again? He's not coming. Okay. Uh, okay, well. Uh, no, we can have somebody take his place. We, he okay. is coming. Yes. Okay. Uh, so many amazing stories represented on the stage uh, this morning. Uh, and in the Next Steps class, we get to hear some of those stories, uh, how people heard about Converge Church. Uh, sometimes it was a personal invite. Sometimes they were just driving by. Uh, but each story represents what God is doing in the lives of his people. And, uh, and <laughs> all right. Um, Officer Luke is very modest. He's unassuming. But one of the reasons I wanted Officer Luke to come is because, and why don't you come, Miss Vanessa? You guys are going to go center stage with me for a second. 
Um, and uh, come on, Officer Luke. Appreciate you so much. Um, um, uh, this is, again, just a, a small highlight of what God is doing here at our, uh, at our church. Um, we're not afraid to have hard conversations. We're not afraid to have crucial conversations at Converge Church. We live in a very polarized society and a very polarized culture, a very polarized nation. Most would argue that what you see on this stage right now shouldn't happen. That it is impossible. We have made the decision that we will be the kind of church that goes against the grain and that we will not succumb to what culture dictates, but we will enforce what Christ has dictated the church ought to look like. And instead of complaining about what is wrong in our society, we want to be the kind of church that demonstrates what is possible. And so several months ago, Officer Luke uh, came for the first, very first Sunday uh, to Converge Church. Most of the McKinney police officers we have are on rotation. They came that first Sunday, and then a few days later, the gentleman who oversees all of our facilities and security said, hey, uh, Pastor Ray, uh, we got this request uh, from Officer Luke, and he wants to be our officer every single Sunday. I said, you know what? That's cool. I love that. It makes it easy for accounting. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Just one check. That's it. Let's, let's do it. And, uh, and so uh, during our Next Steps class, uh, at the end of the class, Miss Vanessa uh, uh, just wanted to share uh, their converged church story. And this is what she said. She said her husband had served at six different churches. In fact, converged church was church number six. And she says of those six churches, never had any interaction with the pastor or the leadership team. In fact, let, let, me, let me qualify. Uh, 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 one pastor, uh, she was sitting in the aisle, and that Sunday the pastor came down the aisle, and he was high-fiving everyone, and that was the first time they had any interaction with any other pastors or anyone on their leadership team out of six churches that they had attended until they came to Converge Church. And in one, <laughs> Officer Luke says, true story. And in one simple interaction, just simply walking across the foyer to say hi to Miss Vanessa was all this family needed to find a church home. Now listen to me. I'm not going to tell you where they live. It ain't, say again. It's, it is in Egypt. It ain't close to McKinney but they make that drive every single Sunday not because it's convenient because right here every Sunday they experience the love of Jesus that's the kind of church that God is building and that's the kind of church that you are a part of and that's the kind of church that you're helping us build we are charismatic in our theology. 
And most times charismatics, when you talk, talk about the work of the Holy Spirit, we talk about all these power gifts and these demonstrations of power. And one of the things we ignore as charismatics is that Jesus said that we would receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon us and this is what would happen. We would become his witnesses, first of all, in Jerusalem, the city, in Judea, the region, and then Jesus says something profound. He says, you will be my witnesses in Samaria. You know what Samaria means? Samaritans had absolutely no dealings with Jews. There was this divide, this dichotomy between Jews and Samaritans because Samaritans were not full-blooded Jews. They were half-blooded Jews and they were considered dogs by the Jews. Yet Jesus says the evidence that the power of the Holy Spirit is upon you is you have been given permission and you have been authorized to minister cross-culturally. To break down the divides that exist in culture and that exist in society. And that's why when you look around you, you'll hear a Palestinian worship leader, Nabil Aziz, who's married to a Hispanic young lady. You will see a Malak on the, on, the, on the second row who was converted from Islam who grew up and is Lebanese. Why does that happen in a congregation that is predominantly African American? It's the work and the power of the Holy Ghost. And it is the kind of church that Jesus imagined. So as you become a part of this body, rest assured, regardless of where you're from, you have a Liberian pastor. I see this family from Nigeria. Carlos Ramirez. Beautiful people. Wherever you've been, whatever your story, whatever your history, you have a place in the family of God right here at Converge Church. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So we honor you, Officer Luke. We honor you, Miss Vanessa. And we thank you for trusting us enough to serve you and to love you. And we say the same to everyone, Cassandra, Dior, Nina, uh, Curtis, Carlos. Uh, Amatola. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Scarlett and, and Jade. We honor you and we receive you now into the body uh, as part of what God is doing this season. Can we pray together for this beautiful family? Father, we love you. We honor and we thank you. God, we thank you for what you're doing in this season in our church. God, we give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise for it. This is the Lord's doing and it is marvelous in our eyes. Father, we receive each one now. Father, just as they are. And we thank you, Lord, for the unique giftings and, and anointings, Father, the grace that rests upon each life, some to be the eye, some to be the ear, some to be the hand, and some to be the foot. But, Father, all together we are the body of Christ. So we receive your people now and commit publicly to love them, to serve them, to shepherd them as you allow us to. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen and amen. Let's give it up for all of our new members. Uh, do we have, I thought we had something for all of our new members. We do. Okay, they, they receive it on their way down. Once again, welcome to this, the family, Miss Cassandra. Cassandra's already serving with our missions team. They do incredible work with their outreaches. Uh, 
You guys remember just last week, we baptized Dior, amen? Uh, God's doing amazing things in her life. You just met Vanessa and Officer Luke, and then the White family or the, the Scratching family is all here. Nina and Curtis, man, love you guys, honor you, celebrate you. Uh, I don't know if I should say this, but Carlos belongs to Shavonda. Come on, somebody. Uh, so he is spoken for. Come on, somebody, in Jesus' name. And this is my peeps all the way from Nigeria. Honor you, celebrate you. Uh, we're missing a couple. The kids, are they in children's church? Okay, fantastic. Oh, they're there. Okay, they're, they're being shy. All right, fantastic. And then Starlet and Jade. Fantastic. Thank you guys so much. Now, you're, do you serve with the guest services team? I think, oh no. Not, she said, not yet. Come on, somebody. Not yet. Calling those things that are not as though they were. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Welcome to the family. Thank you so much. One more time for all of our new members. Ten families that we're adding to the family. God bless you. Amen. Praise the Lord. picked a great uh, Sunday to join us. As you see, we are a family here at Converge, and so we're happy that you're stopping by and checking us out. Um, we want to say hello to our online community as well. Um, if it is your first time, we do have a gift for you um, outside, so please stop by, um, say hello, let us get your name. Um, it's our way of saying thank you for joining us. Um, also, if you're not following us on social media at We Are Converged, then you are missing out on all the updates that we have. Um, Andrea and I love coming up here and sharing what we have going on um, here at Converge, but that is the quickest, easiest way to get the updates, um, times, dates, all of the details. So make sure to follow us. And one ask we have for you to engage with us on social media is to take a selfie if you meet someone new today, if you came with someone, if it's your family, if it's your kids, take a selfie out in the lobby. We've got balloons still up from Easter um, and tag us at We Are Converge. So we are going to lead by example and show you how it's done. You simply get with a friend, turn your phone on and take a cute pic. And then you tag at We Are Converge and say, hey, love my church. Come join us. Check us out. Um, so please join us in our fun. And, and they take don't a have today. to wait. They could do it right now. If we take a you quick 60 seconds. You don't have to wait. Take a we selfie, tag a friend, yes. and Converge Church on Facebook or Insta. Good call. Yeah, don't even have to wait. Um, awesome. And then if you did not know or you were new, um, we have an awesome student ministry. They meet back in The Verge every second and fourth. Yes, every second and fourth Sunday. Um, it's a big deal when students want to come and want to connect with other people that are learning about Christ. Um, so we are leaning into that. They are having a blast. Um, have them invite their friends. Um, again, the second and fourth Sunday, they meet back at The Verge. Um, so we'd love for you um, to bring your students out. Thanks, Cassie. So tomorrow is May 1st. And we have something really exciting. Ha well, most of us are excited about it. Really, something exciting is happening tomorrow. We are kicking off our 1,000 pound challenge. If you were here last week, you saw the beautiful Chastity Tyler and her wonderful husband, Brooks, 
come up and share with us that we are about to begin tomorrow a six-week journey to a healthier lifestyle. So if you want to take that journey with us, starting next Saturday, we're going to have some boot camps here out in the parking lot. But if you want more information and you want to join us toward a healthier lifestyle, then send an email to tylerfamilyfitness at gmail.com. All one word, tylerfamilyfitness at gmail.com, and they'll get you all the details. They are certified, they are amazing, and you will see results. Thank you. The second thing that I want to make you guys aware of is next Sunday is going to be our graduate Sunday. It is when we are going to honor our Converge graduates. So if you are connected with Converge and you are graduating from high school or college or postgraduate studies, we want to honor you. And we would like for you to send a little information to admin at We Are Converge to help us with that. What we need is five things. We need your full name. We need the name of the school that you are graduating from. We need the name of the college or university that you are going to attend if you're going into college. And then we need your major that you are going to pursue or if you are graduating from college, we need the degree that you obtained. And then the final thing is we need a senior pick or a headshot. All that information you can find on social media if I went too fast, but again, send it to admin at weareconverged.com. We want to celebrate you. And then the last thing we want to make you aware of is Sunday, May 14th, is Mother's Day. Thank you. I need y'all to give it up for our mothers. So we just want, we're going to have a very special service where we're going to honor our mothers. We're going to honor our grandmothers, our aunts, our sisters, our mother figures. And we just want you to mark your very special worship experience. Thank you guys so much for your attention. Thanks, Kathy. Enjoy the rest of the service. Don't forget to tag your pics. Good morning, Converge Church. Good morning, Converge Church. Good morning. Come on, we oh, one, one more time. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. We are so glad to see you, and we are happy that you're here. And we're glad that you're joining us with a cheerful attitude as we bring God our tithes and our offerings. Our major verse comes from Proverbs 3, 9. Honor God with everything you own. Give him your first and your best. God's been good to you. Let's honor the Lord. There's a couple of ways, several ways that you can give. You can give by using an envelope. The ushers have an envelope. They'll raise the envelope up. Raise your hand and we'll get you one. Please fill the envelope out in its entirety. We would certainly appreciate it. You can also give online at weareconverged.com. You can also download the app and click on the icon give. You can give that way. You can also give by texting 77977 in the dollar amount. And you can also give by using Zelle or Cash App. If you use Zelle, please associate the accounting at weareconverged.com in your giving. Amen. The Lord's good. Look at, come on. Somebody smile. Somebody, come, come. Everybody, everybody put a smile on your face, even if you're not a smiler. All right. The Bible said we give with cheerful hearts, and so we're happy and excited about giving this morning. We thank God for who he is, and let's pray and believe God to bless our offering today. Heavenly Father, we thank you, and we praise you, and we glorify you. God, we thank you. God, we muster up the strength in our hearts and in our minds to, to honor you and to have a great attitude. Father, we ask you to bless the offerings that we give, that we give our first and our best. God, that you may bless it 
and that you might use it, God, to achieve what you want to achieve in this church. God, we thank you. You bless us all the time. God, we, you bless. You meet the needs that we have, and we thank you for that this morning. Bless your people and bless the purpose of this church. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for giving. I want you to remember that God, God's created everything you see. He breathed it into existence. Remember when his people were caught up in slavery? He rescued them. What he did was he parted the sea and he made a way for them and then he delivered their enemies to them and he unlocks wounds and he provides water from a rock and he provides manna from heaven and he brought down the walls of Jericho. He froze the sun allowing victory. He's toppled giants with tiny stones. He's brought fire from heaven. He shut the mouths of lions. He preserved life in the belly of a well. He's fed thousands with a few loaves. He gives the weak strength. He heals the sick. He's made the blind see, the deaf ear, the mute speak, the lame walk, and he's overcome evil, and he's made a way through death for you and me by the death and the resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ, that we will live with him forever. We will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever and ever and ever. What are we afraid of? His resume is flawless. He controls everything. And he loves you. attempt to answer that question, what are you afraid of? Had no idea when I was studying, praying, and preparing for this message that I would have this weird sort of thing uh, for about, I don't know, 48, 72 hours, where out of nowhere, man, I just started to, well, first of all, I was just exhausted, had no energy, didn't want to do anything, didn't want to talk to anybody. And Pastor Wendy knows, man, when I go into my cave, first thing I do is I put on my hoodie and I put on a hood. And she knows Pastor Ray needs his cave time. But this was unusual because I'd never had this experience before where I, in fact, there's at least one person here and I had an appointment with them and canceled the appointment and uh, was just uh, overwhelmed for no apparent reason. Um, not worried about anything, not afraid of anything, but it was just a weird, weird 48 to 72 hours. Uh, during worship, uh, the second song, there's a line in uh, Firm Foundation that simply says, the rains came, winds blew, but my house was built on you. And the reason I was moved to emotion 
is because the Lord reminded me of just so many things, just in that singular moment of just some of the storms. Just some of the storms. The storms that my wife and I have endured, man. I just started to think about a prayer that I prayed. And I still remember I'd pace the floor. And I'd pray Psalm 25 and verse 1 that simply says, Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. Oh my God, I trust in you. Let me not be ashamed. And let not my enemies triumph over me. And there are so many things that I wish I could say. that I just can't. But not everybody cheers you on. And my prayer lately has simply been Psalm 25 and verse 1. Unto thee, O Lord, I lift up my soul. Oh my God, I trust you. Let me not be put to shame. And let not my enemies those who want no good for me or my wife or even our church. Let not my enemies triumph over me. I remember when we transitioned from our last church. There were people that we served with, that we cried with. Weddings I officiated and funerals I officiated where just because we wanted to start a church, one of the guys put out a tweet that said, death to everyone who opposes our movement. And I don't know why this morning that just hit me. That in spite of all of that, our house was built on him. And so when the rains came and the winds blew, God sustained us. And I don't know what you're going through this morning in your own life personally. My encouragement to you is if you give priority to anything, make sure your house, not when the storm comes, but before the storm comes, that you're building your house, building your life on that firm foundation and his name is Jesus and the truth is the storm came to both houses the fact that you build your house on the rock doesn't mean the storm will not come the storm came to the house that was built on sand but it also came to the house that was built on the rock but the house built on the rock stood firm in spite of the storms. My encouragement to you this morning, Converge. Listen, I don't know if you see what's happening in culture. Things are changing. Things are shifting. And now more than ever before, build your life. Build your house. Build your family on Jesus. Christ over culture. So, Father, as we look to your word now, 
we do so with tremendous humility and reverence. Father, speak to our hearts as only you can. We ask you for a word in season that will minister life to your people. God, only you can take these lips of clay and use them to speak prophetically to your people. We trust you for that now, that you would make my tongue as the pen of a ready writer. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, uh, amen and amen. I am a teary mess, so y'all forgive me. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. <laughs> you guys are too kind, too kind. Huh? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, today uh, represents the finale of our current sermon series that we've called The Chosen. And I would be remiss if I didn't give credit and honor to whom honor is due. Uh, sort of the, 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 the inspiration for the series was lifted from the super popular uh, series, The Chosen, which is now in its third season. And I owe a debt of gratitude to Stephen Jones. I don't think Stephen is here. But during the pandemic, we had a WhatsApp group, and, and Stephen sent us a link to The Chosen. It was in season one, and uh, the way they got the word out was through crowdfunding. In fact, The Chosen holds the record for being the highest uh, grossing crowd funded uh, 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 initiative ever. And so the way they made the movie was through uh, crowdfunding and people would send in money to finance and to fund the project. It's in its third season now. The average gift was about $65. Uh, the, 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 the show has been translated uh, in over uh, 60 languages. I think it's been downloaded over 140 million times. The gospel of Jesus Christ is going around the world. And Dallas Jenkins, the writer, the director, wanted to do something different. Uh, he wanted to approach the story of Jesus, not just as one movie that you could watch in a movie theater. Uh, he, in fact, he wanted it to be the first multi-episode and multi-season story of Jesus. If you haven't seen The, the Chosen, I encourage you to download the app, uh, or you can find it on Amazon Prime. Uh, this is not a sponsored ad. Just in case you were wondering. Uh, what's beautiful about the backstory of The Chosen is Dallas Jenkins, who was the son of, I think it's Jerry Jenkins. If you were in the 90s, you probably read the Left Behind series. Uh, Jerry Jenkins co-authored that series. Dallas Jenkins is his son. Uh, but Dallas had just uh, um, uh, produced and directed a film called The Resurrection of Gavin Stone, which was a box office disaster. On the heels of that, he was trying to figure out what he was going to do next. In fact, he so wrestled with his call, his gift, and his abilities that he thought about throwing in the towel. Have you ever been on the other side of failure? Where that thing can hit you so hard and you, you start to second guess and question everything? 
I've shared this before with our congregation from Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. Uh, 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 all things, right, work together for the good of them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. I was studying one day and, and, and I just felt like the Lord prompted me to go back and read that verse again. And you know how we get with God? I said, Lord, I already know what that verse is. But you just prompted to go and read it again. So I read it again. All things work together for them that, that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And it's like, no, read it again. And I read it maybe the fourth or fifth time. And I realized what I had been missing. Because what I had skipped over was the first three words. Because the first three words in that verse are the words we often ignore. And the first three words in that verse are, and we know. And we know that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord and, the, and those who are called according to his purpose. May I submit to you, uh, ladies and gentlemen, when we fall short, when we fail, when we stumble, the first thing the enemy does is he tries to come and cause us to question what we thought we knew. All right, sir. Come on, are y'all listening to me this morning? When trials come, when storms come, the enemy comes to cause us to question what we thought we knew about ourselves, what we thought we knew about people, and what we thought we knew about God. That's why when the disciples are in the, uh, uh, in the middle of the storm, they, they, they go and get Jesus, who is asleep in their storm, and naturally their response is, Master, don't you care that we're perishing? First thing they questioned was his care. And that's what storms will do. And if you find yourself in a storm today, the enemy wants you to question what you thought you knew about yourself about others, and about God. And we know that all things, that is an all-inclusive statement, all things work together for the good. It's working for me. And so here's Dallas Jenkins, and he's working through this, this dark place. And guess what we do sometimes when we're sad? We find something to binge watch. Come on, Netflix. That's exactly what he did. And so as he's sitting there, binge-watching whatever he was binge-watching, it dawned on him, I could do the exact same thing with the story of Jesus. How many of you realize that if we put our pain in the proper perspective, God will use it as our platform, not our prison? What was the lowest point of his life became the inspiration for what is now the best season of his life. And God sent me to you this morning to ask you a simple question. What are you afraid of? Uh, it's the whole psychology around uh, uh, when you go to the beach <laughs> and there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a shark Right? And the lifeguard yells out, shark, shark, shark. And everybody gets out of the water. And then about 20, 30 minutes later, the lifeguard say, uh, uh, all clear. 
for those of us who stayed on the beach. The question is, who's going to go in first? And there are most of us in this room today that God has given an all clear. But it's what you knew to be true at one point in your life that is now holding you bound, keeping you from taking the next step. The question to us this morning is, what are you afraid of? I'm going to, for our anchor text this morning, land on a somewhat obscure verse of Scripture, but it will help us sort of give context to what I'm going to share this morning. And I think it's fitting because these are the last words of Jesus to his disciples before he ascends into heaven. These are their marching orders, and he's about to give them their assignment. And so we're in the Great Commission of Mark chapter number 16. The emphasis of the Great Commission in Mark chapter 16 is evangelism. The emphasis of the Great Commission in, Mark, uh, in Matthew 28 is discipleship, developing people, developing leaders. And then the Great Commission, as it's recorded in Acts chapter 1, gives us this idea that God will empower us to do what he has called us to do to evangelize, and when we evangelize those people, reach them for Christ, then we disciple them, we make leaders of them, and then he assures us that you're not going to have to do it in your own power or your own ability. You will receive dudamis, dynamic, explosive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. That's good news this morning. It means whatever God has called you, chosen you, and equipped you to do, he also empowers you to do. So what are you afraid of? Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. Beginning at verse number 15. Jesus says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. I'll read verse 15 again. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Uh, Last couple of weeks I've been talking about the fact that God has called the church to go beyond just the four walls of this building that God wants us to invade and infiltrate every strata of society. And as we infiltrate these different spaces, God wants us to influence those spaces and impact them. So what he's giving them is not just a gospel or a mandate to preach the gospel in the traditional sense that we have, but he wants us to take this gospel, this good news, listen to me, into every man's world. That means wherever you are deployed, that becomes your mission field. Notice who he says we go to. He says we go to all the world and we preach the gospel to every creature. How do we do that? It's not going to happen simply because people come to us. It's going to happen because we go to them. It's not going to happen because they come to where we are. It's going to happen because we go where they are. And that's why I have a problem with that field of dreams mentality. Oh, build it and they'll come. It ain't in the Bible. 
The way Jesus said it is that the fields are white unto harvest, but the laborers are few. Meaning, you don't build it and the harvest comes to you. You go to where the harvest is. Because he says the harvest is abundant, but my laborers are few. So where are the laborers supposed to go? We go into what? All the world. Into every man's world. And when we go into every man's world, every environment, every space, we preach the gospel. The good news of Jesus Christ. And how many of you realize it's not just our words, it's also our actions. This quote is often attributed to St. Francis, who said, preach the gospel at all times. If necessary, use words. So listen to me. What God is calling Converge Church to do is to be Mark 16 Christians. We're going to go into all the world, and we're going to preach the gospel to every creature. You know what that means? He's talking about your neighbor. He's also talking about your coworkers. He's also talking about your family. And in order for you to preach in these environments, you have to, listen to me, you have to be in those environments. And that's why I talked about the seven mountains of cultural influence. God wants us to rethink how we approach what we do. That when I go into that job, listen to me, when I see those clients, when I have those meetings, when I audition for that role, it's about more than just a paycheck. It's about the harvest. Because he has given us an assignment and a mandate to go into all the world. That is an all-inclusive statement. All the world. Everywhere people are, you go there. And when you go there, preach the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, the chosen. God wants us to rethink and reframe how we approach the totality of our lives, the opportunities that God gives us in those defining moments. Uh, I'm going to get into my message in a second. That was my introduction. But listen, it's important that you understand this because I think what God wants us to understand or what he wants us to consider this morning is our response to life's defining moments. God wants us to consider this morning our response to life's defining moments. The disciples are about to experience this defining moment because their mentor that they have walked with for three and a half years is about to leave them and he's about to commission them to build his church. It's a defining moment. We know their response from church history and church tradition and we know that they understood the assignment because they gave themselves wholly, completely, without hesitation without reservation to what God called them to do. Quickly, this is from Eusebius, who was a third century, fourth century historian. And he records how these apostles died. And there's a reason I'm, I'm, I'm going here. 
Peter and Paul. Both Peter and Paul were martyred in Rome at around 66 AD during the persecution under the emperor Nero. Paul was beheaded, but Peter was crucified upside down at his request. Since he did not feel worthy to die in the same manner as his Lord Jesus, he understood the assignment. Because his, under, his assignment was to go into every man's world, not just environments that were safe and, 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 and comfortable and convenient, but even at the threat of their own lives. Andrew, Andrew, uh, Andrew went to the land of man-eaters in what is now the Soviet Union. Christians there claim him as the first one to bring the gospel to their land. He also preached in Asia Minor, modern-day Turkey and Greece, where it is said he was crucified. Thomas, that we often think about as this great doubter. Tradition has it that he was probably most active in the area east of Syria. Tradition has him preaching as far east as India, where the ancient Mathoma Christians revere him as their founder. They claim that he died there when he was pierced through his side with the, with the spears of four soldiers. He understood the assignment to go into every man's world and to preach the gospel to every creature. What about Philip? The scripture or the history and tradition uh, records that he possibly had a powerful ministry in Carthage, which is North Africa and Asia Minor, where he converted, here it is, the wife of a Roman proconsul. In retaliation, the proconsul had Philip arrested and cruelly put to death because he was given an assignment to go into every man's world, even hostile political spaces. What about Matthew? Matthew, you know, was the tax collector, and he was the writer of the gospel of Matthew. He ministered in Persia and Ethiopia. Notice that these people who started in Jerusalem are now in North Africa and across Europe. You know why? Because they had a commission to go into all the world. I promise you I'm going somewhere with this. Bartholomew, he had widespread missionary travels attributed to him by tradition to India with, with Thomas and back to Armenia, to Ethiopia and southern Arabia. There are various accounts of how he met his death as a martyr for the gospel. What about James? He was the son of Alphaeus and is one of the least uh, one of the least three James referred to in the New Testament. There is some confusion as to which it is, but this James is reckoned to have ministered in Syria. The Jewish, Jewish historian Josephus reported that he was stoned and then clubbed to death. What are you afraid of? Simon the Zealot, as the story goes, he ministered in Persia and was killed after refusing to sacrifice to the sun god. What are you afraid of? Matthias, he was the apostle chosen to replace Judas. Tradition sends him to Syria with Andrew and to death by burning. Finally, John, the beloved. 
The only one of the apostles generally thought to have died a natural death from old age. Only one that died of natural causes. He was the church leader in Ephesus area, in the Ephesus area and is said to have taken care of Mary, the mother of Jesus, in his home. During Domitian's persecution in the middle, uh, uh, middle 90s, I guess that was the, whatever 90s that was, not, not come on somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that might have been a typo. <laughs> come on somebody. Uh, listen, the 90s, uh, do you realize that the 90s was 30 years ago? No, no, listen, when, when I talk to my, my kids about what was cool in the 90s, it's like talking to my parents about Motown and the Temptations. That's a weird feeling. The 90s. But he was exiled to the island of Patmos. There he is credited with writing the last book of the New Testament, the book of Revelation. An early Latin tra tradition has him escaping unhurt after being cast into boiling oil in Rome. What are you afraid of? Uh, as I close this morning, I want you to consider what this looks like in your life. That if we have been created by God, called by God, and chosen by God, to go into every man's world and preach the gospel, what does that look like? And what does that assignment for my life look like? Because Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10 says that we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for what? Good works, which God prepared in advance that we should walk in. And that's why here at Converge Church, listen, that verse says God prepared those good works in advance. And that's why we say here at Converge, who you are and what you are created to accomplish is not for you to decide, it's for you to discover. Because it is God appointed, not self-assumed. He decided a long time ago what he created you, called you, and has chosen you to do. So how do I tap into that? The psalmist said it this way. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And most of us read that to mean if I delight myself in the Lord, then God will give me what I want. That's not how the language reads. The way the language reads is if you will delight yourself in him, then he will place his desires in your heart so that his desires become your desires. Delight yourself in him. And then he will take what's in his heart and put it in your heart so that you can fulfill his assignment in the earth. Most of us make our plans and we ask God to bless them. That's not how God works. Are y'all with me? So here it is. We, we, we're going to dream big at Converge Church. Listen to me, we're going to dream big. 
and God is going to allow us to go into every man's world and not be ordinary, but we're going to be extraordinary in every man's world. That's why here at our church, I can tell you stories. I'm just going to tell you a couple of them. About a family from our church who lives in L.A. now. Most of you guys know Macomb Cephas. Uh, their son has been getting all these big roles. In fact, he played uh, young Giannis Atatukumpo in the Giannis uh, bi biopic, right? Uh, there's, there's Macomb. He also played in the movie. It's a Michael Bay movie, and he played this young character uh, from the movie Ambulance. Every single time God opens a door for a role for them, they call us up. We pray and we believe God to open doors for them. Tanisha now works for Fox Studios. In fact, what Tanisha said is, Nia, sophomore year after a sophomore year, call, uh, send her to L.A. because she's got an internship with me. Listen to me. We've got people in Atlanta who, who anyway, I can't get, tell everybody business. You know why that's important? Because they're going into every man's world. And they're bringing Christ into those environments. That's what God is going to do with you in this room. Are y'all with me? But you got to ask yourself, are my dreams aligned with God's purpose? I got to go quick so I can let y'all go. Y'all ready for this? There are at least three responses to life's defining moments. Number one, uh, excuse me, analysis. Oh, man, I'm making a mess up here. Uh, first possible response to life's defining moments is analysis. Come on, all the analytical people already now. We're thinking about the pros, the cons, what will work, what won't work. And if we're over-analytical, it leads to the next response, which is paralysis. We won't move until everything falls into place because of our over-analysis of the situation. But then there's a third response where we take action, like Dallas Jenkins did. When his defining moment came, he didn't allow his analysis to cause paralysis. He took action. For somebody in this room this morning... God is saying, you have arrived at your defining moment. And what you do next with this moment matters. Leonard Ravenhill said it this way, the opportunities of a lifetime must be seized in the lifetime of the opportunity. I hope you all heard that. The opportunities of a lifetime must be seized within the lifetime the shelf life of the opportunity. God is speaking in this room to some of you, and God is giving you permission to dream again, to imagine again, to create again, to do again. As you delight yourself in him, he will give you the desires of your heart. So let me just give you these practical things real quick. Y'all ready for this? Because as you start to dream... You need to put the dream to the test. Put your dream to the test. Put your dream to the test. Why is that important? Because the dream or the vision is for what? An appointed time. 
though it tarry, wait for it. It will surely come to pass and it will not fail. Uh, sometimes we miss what God is doing because we get ahead of God. Are y'all with me? It's not because the dream isn't true. It's because the dream isn't ready. Or the factors that are necessary for the dream to be fulfilled are not yet in place. Just in case you thought your dream would come to pass in isolation. It doesn't. So I'm going to give this to y'all real quick. I'm going to let y'all go. Y'all don't be scared when I say this next thing. Y'all just hang with me. Ten questions to ask. Ten. Ten questions to ask yourself as you put your dream to the test. Listen, y'all going to appreciate this extra time y'all spent with Pastor Ray today. Ten. Y'all ready? Ten questions to ask yourself to help you determine whether the dream that's in your heart is real. You say, well, Pastor Ray, what does that have to do with going? Yeah, 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 yeah. That has everything to do with going into all the world. Because God wants to send you with your dream into every man's world. Into spaces where people may not necessarily come to the church, but you're going to go to them. You're going to take the God in you. You're going to take the Jesus in you. You're going to take the Spirit of God within you into those environments because, again, the fields are white unto harvest. They are ripe. And God says, I ain't got no laborers that think that way. And he doesn't only want us to be in those environments. He wants us to influence those environments. Are you all with me? Okay. Ten questions to ask yourself. Uh, to put your, as you put your dream to the test. You all ready for this? Number one, <laughs> is the dream really my dream? Okay, y'all missed that. Because as, as a pastor, I've sat across people in their adulthood who live with tremendous regret because they allowed someone else to live their dream through them vicariously. The major they selected in college wasn't what they wanted to do with their life, but mom and dad said, you better, if I'm paying for this school, you better pick a major where you can make you some money. And there are people who have gone through life living somebody else's dream. Let me not even start with the parents who were athletes. Who peaked in high school. Shame the devil. You peaked in high school, but now you're making demands on your kids to go professional. And the question is, this dream you're dreaming, who is it really? The first question you must ask is the ownership question. Is my dream really my dream? Number two, number two. Number two, do I see 
It's called the clarity question. Number two, the clarity question. Do I see my dream clearly? Most dreams come as the big picture, but at some point, you have to get the pixels right. Most people pursue dreams, but the dream is still pixelated. The resolution is poor. And because of that, no one is attracted to the dream. Because they themselves have not even seen the dream clearly enough. First question is, is this really my dream? Yes, this is my dream. And in order, in order for you to pursue your dream, you have to sometimes ask the question that George Bernard Shaw said, uh, or asked, where he said, listen, uh, some people see life as it is and ask why. I dream of things that never were and ask why not. Sometimes living your dream means that you go against the grain and ask the question, why not me? In fact, George Shaw also said it this way. Uh, he said, the reasonable man conforms to the world around him. The unreasonable man expects the world to conform to him. Thus, all prog progress is made by the unreasonable man. Oh, y'all missed that. The reasonable man conforms to the world around him. The unreasonable man expects the world to conform to him. Thus, all progress is made by the unreasonable man. Okay. <laughs> Number three, the reality question. The reality question. I'm talking about as you build your dream, as God begins to stir in your heart what you're supposed to do now and what you're supposed to do next. You got to ask yourself, is this my dream or somebody else's dream that they're trying to live vicariously through me? Number two, do I even see the dream clearly? That's why Stephen Covey said you got to see the end. You got to see the end from the beginning? No. No, it's something else. It'll come back to me. It's something like that. Do you see the dream clearly? Number three, the reality question. Here's the reality question. Eesh, this is a big one. Am I depending on factors within my control to achieve my dream? Hmm? Am I depending on factors within my control to achieve my dream? Meaning, okay, I can go do this thing right now because I have everything I need to execute. The truth is most of us who are dreamers in this room do not have all the resources, the relationships to execute on the dream that God has placed in our hearts. And that is an honest question to ask. Uh, President Barack Obama said it this way, reality has a way of asserting itself. Y'all know what I mean? You can be a dreamer and you can hope for the best. But guess what? Reality is going to come knocking at your door, and you will have to confront reality while you dream. Man, you're awful quiet in this Presbyterian church this morning. Reality will assert itself while you dream. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> And the reality, the way Jesus dealt with the reality question was simply this. He says, let a man count the cost before he starts to build. I've got pastor friends 
who are in a lot of trouble financially because they had a big dream, didn't count the cost, and because they didn't account the cost, they, 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 they didn't ask the reality question, do I have what I need to make this happen? So this is what they did. They did rah, 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 rah. Built a big building they can't afford. And every single Sunday, they're going to twist somebody else's arm to give more. Are y'all with me? Those are people who didn't count the cost. And how many of us don't count the cost in our own lives? Listen to me. I ain't stopping nobody from dreaming big. Reality, though, has a way of asserting itself. After you get in the big house, that mortgage note will show up every month. And that's when the dream becomes a nightmare. All right. What number is this? Four. Come on, somebody with me, man. Come on, y'all amazing class. Do I have any dreamers in the room? Okay, we got some dreamers. All right, number four. Oh, no, that was number three. Reality question, wasn't it? Okay, more number four. Okay, the passion question. The passion question. Does my dream compel me to follow it? Why is this question important? This question is important because the proof of desire is in the pursuit. The proof of desire is in the pursuit. Somebody who says, listen, I want to be a rap star. No, let me put it this way. Uh, yeah, I want to be a rap star. I want to do a record. And, oh, no, most people say, oh, man, I, my whole life I've always wanted to play the piano. Did you ever take a lesson? Uh, no, I never did. The proof of desire is in pursuit. And if you say you have a dream and your pursuit doesn't show the priority in your life, it's just wishful thinking. If there's no work that shows your desire, you're wasting your time. Are y'all with me? That's why my man Emmett Smith said, champions are made in the off-season. Because you prove your desire by what you pursue. Champions get ahead, listen to me, during the time that others waste. If, you, if it's really your dream, what are you showing or how are you showing your pursuit of the dream? The passion question. The passion question. If you're not getting up and doing something, not just dreaming about it, building it. If you're not doing that, the dream ain't ready, or at least it hasn't passed the passion test. Y'all ready for number five? Number five is the pathway question or the pathway test. And it simply says, do I have a strategy to reach my dream? Are y'all with me? Do I have a strategy to reach my dream? May I, may, let me just make it crystal clear for us in this, this morning. Hope is not a strategy. Hope is not a strategy. Uh, I met with someone briefly in my office yesterday morning, 
after Fight Club. Uh, I don't have that permission to say this, but I think it will help you. Uh, because the person will remain anonymous. He said, Pastor Ray, I had this huge opportunity. And uh, it's going to be a major shift professionally for me. Uh, I applied for the job. I told a couple of my friends about the job, and they all said, man, just believe, listen, listen, uh, believe it, and it's yours. Believe it, and it's yours. Just claim that it, come on, charismatics in the building. Come on, somebody. That's how we roll, don't we? Just claim it, man. You're a man of faith. And he said, Pastor, I have a problem with that because I've done that before. And I didn't get the desired outcome. So I don't want to just say, oh, that job is mine in Jesus' name. I don't just want to shout at the top of my lungs, do a four or five cartwheels, spin five times, and then all of a sudden, it's mine. Can I just say something to all my charismatic friends in the building? God ain't your genie. And I'm a faith man. This building we're sitting in, paid in full, cash. All this equipment, faith. So don't, don't, don't. Can I just be honest with y'all? I think I was just really tired this week, and I just had to rest a little bit. But what also hit me was like, <sighs> Lord, there's a whole nother level that I need to trust you for. Because <clears throat> I really need to hire staff. And not only that, Lord, I really want that building, I mean that land next door, which by the way, the owner wants three times more than what he wanted in September. And so as a pastor leading a congregation, these are things I bring to the Lord. And this week I was just like, I just tapped out, man, like emotionally, spiritually. I was like, heesh, do I really have to pray and believe you for another notable miracle? That's how I felt. And so for two days... Uh, I did what brings me energy. Y'all ready for this? I just watch action movies where a lot of people get shot and killed. <laughs> Listen, it takes my testosterone to a whole... Listen! Y'all want to know what I watch? Yeah? <laughs> Anybody ever seen Mile 22? Mark Wahlberg? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mile 22, yeah. I had my hood on. Uh, anybody ever see uh, 13 Hours? Cool. Yeah. One of my favorites is Braveheart. For those of you who don't know, the, haven't noticed like the, the subtlety and the nuance uh, uh, in Braveheart, it's really, uh, if you didn't know it, Braveheart is really a rom-com. No. <laughs> I meant to say a love story. You remember all, everything that William Wallace did. 
Remember, he's a reluctant warrior. He doesn't want to get in the fight. Um, somebody come to disrupt his house, man. That's love right there. Ladies, watch Braveheart with your husband this afternoon. You'll fall in love with him all over again. Amen. So somebody, the ladies like, oh. So that's what I did for two days. Why, why, why is that? Okay, so, so, so what was I talking about? I was talking about uh, faith. So here it is. Here it is. So this guy asked me this question. And I said, this is, this is how I approach matters of faith. Lesson I learned from Nehemiah. The people come to Nehemiah, and Nehemiah asked them, what's going on in Jerusalem? He said, man, the city is a reproach, and the walls are broken down. Nehemiah's response is, first of all, emotional. Most of us in life, when we're about to make decisions, will, first of all, be moved emotionally, and that's fine. But you cannot build a dream. You cannot make your next move based solely on emotion. Nehemiah was moved emotionally, but notice what he did next. He prayed for four months. He was then led spiritually. Listen, just because it's good doesn't mean it's God. Just because it is good, a good opportunity, a good deal, does not mean it's God. So the first thing I do before I pursue anything is if something moves me emotionally, the next thing I do is I get into a place of prayer where I can then be led spiritually. Because there are some things that are good that God says, don't touch that. And that's why people jump from their emotion and they start saying, that job is mine. That thing is, no, 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 no. What if that ain't what God wants for you? No, you have to be led spiritually. And when you're led spiritually, you can then pray in faith knowing that this is what God wants for me. And when I have prayed those prayers, as ridiculous as they may seem, knowing that I'm being led by the Spirit of God, God has always shown up. So what is that, what is that test? I'm going to let y'all go. That test is the pathway test. Number one, be moved emotionally, but be led spiritually. And then third, plan strategically. Plan strategically. I don't have the time to go into all of that. Number six, the people question. Have I included... The people that I need to realize my dream. It's a big one. It's a big, 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 big question. Because you're not going to be able to do this all by yourself. You're going to need partnership to realize the dream. And the truth of it is simply this. Sometimes your circle has to decrease in size in order for it to increase in value. Sometimes you got to get around the right people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sometimes you grow by elimination. What number was that? Okay, number seven, the cost question. Am I willing to pay the price for my dream? As you go into every man's world, as you preach the gospel in every, every man's world, are you willing to pay the price for the dream? Most people just think they'll just sit around and God will do it for them. Oh, well, they that wait upon the Lord shall... No, 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 no. 
Nobody's going to invest in the dream that you're not willing to invest in first. So this is what St. Augustine of Hippo said. He said, God provides the wind, but man must raise the sail. Am I willing to pay the price of my dream? Number eight, the tenacity question. The tenacity question. Am I moving closer? Am I moving closer to my dream? Am I moving closer to my dream? We talked about this in the men's Bible study in Fight Club. And we talked about what faith is. And we defined faith as long obedience in the same direction. And for some of us, that's what we need because we quit prematurely. If God says march around the wall seven times, we march around the wall six times, we don't see a crack in the wall, and we quit. If God says dip yourself in the Jordan seven times, we dip ourselves in the Jordan six times, and we come up the sixth time, and we still got leprosy, and we jump out the Jordan. Tenacity. Are you tenacious enough to fight for the dream God gave you? Long obedience in the same direction. That's faith. Number nine, the fulfillment question. Does working toward my dream bring satisfaction? Are you fulfilled when you work toward this? Or again, is it just something that you're doing because somebody said, hey man, you're going to make a lot of money if you do this, or because it sounds like a great opportunity. Is there fulfillment in pursuing this dream? Does it energize you? Does it make you come alive? Do you have creative ideas, innovative ideas when you think about your dream? These are all fulfillment questions that you have to answer as you put your dream to the test. Because God wants you to take this dream that he has put in your heart and take it to every man's world. And use the dream to preach the gospel. Number 10, I think this is a critically important question. Because number 10 is the significance question. And the significance, the significance question is simply this. Does my dream benefit others? For most dreamers in the room, if you're not careful, the thing at the center of your dream is going to be you. You see, success is what happens to you. Significance is what happens through you. God intends for your life, listen to me, God intends for your life to be a freeway, not a cul-de-sac with a dead end. And that's the way most of us live. We want to build a dream that makes us successful, but we never ask ourselves the question, will this dream benefit others? Is this just about me, God, or is this about what you want to do through me? And most of us, like Zig Ziglar said, Climb the ladder of success only to find that it's leaning against the wrong building. Why am I saying all of this this morning? I'm saying this because I'm speaking to a room full of dreamers. But your dream isn't just about you. Your dream is about what God wants to do through you. And what God wants to do through you is connected to the great commission of Mark 16 that you go into all the world, every man's world, and there preach the gospel. And preaching the gospel, yes, is in word, telling people about Jesus. But God needs his people in the arts. He needs them in entertainment. He needs them in media spaces. He needs them in government. He needs them in business. 
not just to participate, but to influence and impact what happens in those spaces. Final thought as I close. Most people fail, not because the dream isn't real, but because the dream isn't ready. And what God wants us to do is God wants us to reorient and retool. Because if we can answer that first question, God, is this dream from you? Then it's a dream that God desires to bring to pass through you. But the dream has to be ready. For Joseph, the dream wasn't ready at 17. God had to take him through a process in order for the dream to be ready at 30. But ultimately, the purpose of that dream was what God would do through Joseph, not just what he would do for Joseph. So, Father, we ask you now in Jesus' name, as we close out this series, The Chosen, Father, would you help us recognize that we have been chosen by God on purpose for a purpose. That God, we would recognize that. We would recognize the significance of that, but God, we would also recognize the urgency of it. The urgency. Somebody needs to hear that. The urgency of that. God has need of you to be your best, to be at your best, to take what he's given you, to cultivate it, to breathe on it, to fertilize it, and repurpose it for his glory. Father, I pray for every dreamer in the building this morning that, God, we would recognize that the context of the dream is so much bigger than just our success. It's about our significance, what you desire to do through us. And just as the 12 apostles were obedient to that mandate, go, go, even when it cost them everything, Lord, would you make us a church that's willing to go into every man's world into every space, and preach this gospel to every creature. And God, would you help us be sensitive to the dream that you have entrusted to us. And that, God, we would do our part daily to recognize that, yes, the dream is real. But, Father, would you help us do our part to make sure that the dream is ready. Yeah. That, God, you would give us the willingness to make sure that the dream is ready so that we can reach your people for your glory everywhere you send us in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen. Did that help anybody this morning? Amen and amen. Remember, the 1,000-pound challenge starts tomorrow. If you're interested in participating, make sure you contact Brooks and Chastity at Tyler Family Fitness. They might be in the lobby. If you have any questions, they'll answer them for you. There is a small fee, I mean significantly <coughs> discounted. Uh, in fact, it's only a third of what you would typically charge. If you want to participate, man, you and your family, in fact, we're making it a family affair, and you just don't have it. Uh, when you contact them, let, there's a few generous people who are going to scholarship individuals and families who want to participate but just can't this time around. So uh, uh, we encourage you uh, to contact Brooks and Chastity 
we want you to be a part of that. Now, one of the things we forgot to mention, Mother's Day. Come on, somebody. Mother's Day is May 14th. We're going to honor our moms. We're going to honor our wives, our daughters, our sisters. Uh, uh, but I think there's also a theme. It's hats and pearls. Come on. So we're going to go old school on Mother's Day. Ladies, come on. I don't know where y'all go. On she in or wherever y'all go. I don't know. But, but find you a hat. <laughs> y'all laughing like y'all know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, that's where y'all go. Uh, where, look, wear you a big hat. Find you some pearls. Uh, we're going to go old school church. In fact, all the music's going to be, we're going to be churchy on Mother's Day. So make sure, come on, you wear your big, I heard that. Do that one more time, man. Yeah, that's what Mother's Day going to sound like. It's going to be phenomenal. Why don't you stand with us? And uh, as we're dismissed, Pastor Jesse, why don't you come? If you're a first-time guest, Pastor Wendy and I would love to meet you, shake your hands, and welcome you to Converge. Once again, a big welcome to those 10 families that have made Converge Church home. We love you. We honor you. Uh, pray for me. I'll be ministering at 3 o'clock at a church in Denton, and uh, it's their third anniversary. They invited me to get, be the guest speaker, so just pray for me that God will give me utterance and wisdom and strength, and uh, that will be a special time of ministry there in Denton. Pastor Jesse. Oh, you forgot your mic? <laughs> I thought I was back in the military. Now you know I can do it. I know you can do it. Come on, sound off for him. Huh? Huh? Hey? Huh? Hit him. Huh? Come on. Huh? <laughs> hit him, hit him. Come on, hit him. Front leaning rest position. Boom. One, two, three. There you go. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming. We're glad that you came. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and let's just thank God. I heard a coach say one time, does your dream, does your hustle match your dream? Amen. So let's make sure that our walk with God matches the dream that he's given us and believe God to fulfill that dream. Father, we thank you so much. God, we are chosen. and We believe and trust, God, that you will fulfill your plan and purpose. Help us, oh God, to overcome the distractions that we face every day. God, from day in and day out, there are distractions that try to get us off track from achieving our dream. So, God, we're asking you to help us to be mindful by the power of your spirit. God, to stay on track, to walk in your spirit, and to achieve what you have for us all. God, thank you so much. And we just thank you as we close today, God, for what you've done in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Let us all say together, amen. Amen. Thank you. If you were impacted by today's worship experience, we'd love to hear from you. Maybe today's sermon is exactly what you needed to hear or you prayed the prayer of salvation for the first time. If so, we'd love to send you information on how to kickstart your relationship with God. Or if you'd like information about how to join our virtual family, email us at echurch at weareconverged.com. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can do so online safely and securely at www.weareconverge.com forward slash give. You can also give via text. Simply text Converge Give and the dollar amount that you'd like to give to 77977. You can also find all of this information in our mobile app. Simply go to your app or Play Store, search for Converge Church Plano and download the app. It's that simple. Again, thank you so much for joining us for today's worship experience and we look forward to staying connected with you.